The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, July 15th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome rising adult star Chad White. Welcome to the show, Chad. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. I can't complain. You know, life is good and uh, things are certainly going well with you. I mean, you are all over the place. You're being too kind. I'm being honest. I mean, I can name, you know, the various websites that you've had scenes drop in recently and the various features that you've done. I mean, you've been doing some incredible work. You are, in my opinion, one of uh, the most underrated men in the business right now. And I really think that you are going to be one of the next big stars. I'd like to hope that I can. I definitely do. And I appreciate that. That's very kind work. You're welcome. So let's dive into the interview because I'm sure the listeners and your fans out there are dying to know more about you. And typically during these one-on-one interviews, I like to get stats out the way. So let's start off with your height and weight. I am six foot, 205 pounds at the moment. What's your ethnic background? Uh, shockingly Caucasian. No, I'm a Swedish, Irish, German, and South African. Well, there you go. What's your zodiac sign? I am a Leo. And how old are you? I'm 26. So let's get to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from, Chad? Uh, I'm from San Diego, California. Okay. And what was I Chad? I've there my whole life, Riverside County. Awesome. And what was Chad like growing up? What were you like as a kid, as a teenager? Ooh. As a kid, I was a weirdo. I was a nerd. I played magic cards, I think, like, every day for like, three or four hours a day. And I was done with that. I would, I, would, I was, like, the weirdo kid that really liked math, and I was excited to do my math homework, but dreaded my English homework. <sighs> so, middle school was pretty much the same. Well, it until about, like, junior year when I finally got into the gym and I started lifting. I was, like... I was like five foot three, five foot four, like beginning of my tenth year, because I, I I skipped the grade when I was younger. So I graduated when I turned seventeen. Look at nerdy Chad White, graduating early and shit. And so I'm assuming at some point there was a growth spurt. Yeah, during junior year I gained somewhere around like a hundred pounds. 
and I grew about a good six inches, almost seven inches. Well, there you go. Just in my junior year. Then I started getting all like the sports, football, soccer, wrestling, swim. That's too funny. So you started off as a nerd and then ended up being a jock. Yes. And I grew my hair all super long. I was like, I was still, I was a jock, but I dressed like a goth kid. I had hair down on my shoulders and black nail polish and like trench coat and big old mohawk. No kid, nobody likes me in high school. That's funny, man. I can't picture you like that. So that's, that's quite the visual right there. I think I only have one picture of uh, like my senior year, like beginning of senior year before I buzzed my head. I literally I buzzed my head and like threw away all my clothes and bought new clothes because I got a girlfriend that year. And she's like, we have to change everything about you. People think you're weird. She threw all of my clothes away. Went and spent like $1,000 buying me like brand new clothes at Hollister and Abercrombie and got a, like a buzz cut. Everybody's like, who's this new guy? That's, that's, wow. That's like a, a teen movie of the week right there. The storyline, like the plot of a teen movie. It's definitely one of the weirdo kids in high school. It'll never go away. Now, can you also go into what was going on uh, when you uh, were coming of age, you know, into the 18, 19, 20s? Uh, when I was 17, 18, I started a couple of companies on my own. They did pretty well. Um, then I started just getting random odd end jobs. But like throughout high school, my parents made me race motocrafts. Like they kind of like bought my me and my two brothers like affections, like dirt bikes and like cool toys and stuff. So I would race like every day after school, like every like every weekend. We'd go to, like different races: Glen Helen, Paris Raceway. Uh, Elsinore started racing at like Anaheim and Qualcomm and like the prelims and stuff. It was super fun. And then, um, I mean, I got a bunch of different jobs and I ended up dating a girl for about seven years. Well, man, that's quite a long time. Definitely quite a long time. What was going on with your life? prior to entering the adult industry? Because as you just mentioned, you were in a relationship for seven years. So I'm going to assume that the relationship ended prior to entering the business. So what was going on with your life then? I actually met her. Uh, I mean, I, I was dating her and then we broke up because I caught her cheating. And then in between, I tried doing a couple of videos, like I did like three or four videos. And then I got back with her and quit doing the industry. I quit, quit being in the industry. But she found out. She saw one of the videos on like X, X videos or something. Ended up finding the video, freaking the hell out on me. And then anytime I do like a regular shoot, cause I was doing mainstream shoots and stuff all the time. She flipped out and was like, oh, you're doing porn again and that. And I never cheated on her. But she never trusted me ever since. So we ended up breaking up because I caught her cheating again. Like I, I bought her a whole wedding ring and all that stuff. And then from then on after, I just was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to stay in porn. I mean, like if this, if the girl that I thought was the love of my life is going to constantly cheat on me for years, she doesn't deserve me. So I got into porn and been history ever since. How exactly did you make the transition into the industry? 
actually had friends that were in the industry that helped me get in. They were like, I know somebody that can get you in. I was like, all right, that's pretty much it. I got a phone call and signed with an agent within like an hour of them calling. Wow. Not bad. Not bad at all. So overall, how long would you say you've been in the porn industry? About three years. Okay. And prior to entering, had porn ever crossed your mind as something that you had wanted to try or experience? Yeah, until like 15. Okay. I, after I saw my first porn, I was like, oh, beautiful woman. <laughs> and then ever since, I've been a porn addict. Like, so when I got in the industry, I was like one of those fans that knew everybody's bloody name. And like everybody that would show up like, oh, hi, so-and-so. And like, I try and play it all cool. Like, hey, you know, what's up? I tried not to freak out and be like, oh my god, that's a lesson talking. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, speaking of just porn and porn names in general, how did you come up with your performer name? How did you come up with the name Chad White? I actually came up with a plethora of names. I picked out about, I'd say, 50 different names that I thought were very, like, manly names or creative, like how, like, Peter Norris is, you know, like Dick pointing up Peter North. So it's like a play on words. And I came up with about 50 of them. And some of them were actually taken. Like uh, Vic Vagina was taken. I was going to be like Lick Vagina, but changed the V and the L. And sure enough, someone already had it. I was like, dang it. And then uh, Peter North was just great. And like, I was trying to think of something that was creative like that. And then my agents were like, no, that's not a good name. Pick a better name. One that people will remember you by because this is the name you're going to be known forever. And I've only really known like two Chads in my life. So like, I don't really think that anybody's going to really give a shit what my name is. But now that I guess I've become popular because I really didn't think I was going to become popular, my name sort of like stuck with me. And I'm, I can't think about changing it now. It kind of was just like, uh, this is a decent name. I'll go ahead with this name. Just like a random, I was looking through the list on first names and last names that I picked out. And Chad was on like one of the first few and White was on the bottom. So I just came home with Chad White. I think you made a good choice. Yeah, very man. memorable name. I think so. And it's very normal, for lack of a better word. It's very uh, boy next door, man next door. personable. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more personable than what most people are used to. Let's go back in time and discuss your first time on set. What was that experience like for you? Were you nervous, excited, scared? What was going on in your mind at the first time? Oh, I was crazy nervous. Not not like the kind of nervous that I don't like people are shaking and like scared, but I was more like nervous. Like I was excited. I was, I was like, oh, I hope I do a good job. Like, you know, I, I really want to like make an impression. So the first thing, it was fucking five with Tory Lane, Lilith Levy. Presley Hart and then like this bodybuilder guy that was supposed to be my dad. I remember the scene. Um, I remember that Corey scene. You were in like, a pumpkin patch. Yeah, pumpkin patch. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, shout out to Fuck Team Five, wherever the fuck that site is now. I don't think they ever continued doing it. Yeah, it was with uh, Reality King. Yep. Bang Bros. And sure enough, I'm in that yeah, Bang Bros. And like, I. I've almost been cast for that for a second time, but they were like, oh, no, you're, you've already done it. You can't do a second. Yeah, because it's supposed to be fresh face people. 
it's supposed to be like you know yeah. it's supposed to be reality and uh you know it's supposed to be you know just random people are getting thrown into these uh situations with uh porn girls mm -hmm. hence why you were in a pumpkin patch yep <laughs> that's what's up man so okay so you have a, a great first experience and then you start doing more scenes what do you enjoy most about starring in productions in adult productions I would probably say the very pretty sexual girls it's, a, it's like a, it's a toss up the pretty girls sometimes they're really good and I can have great sex with them and sometimes not like we just our chemistry doesn't click or whatever and then sometimes the girl that everybody's like hey I don't want to work with her I'll work with her and she's one of the most amazing fucks I've ever had and I'm like that was amazing it was great so for me, it's probably trying a, a new girl and seeing how well I work with her. Mm -hmm. Like the brand new girl, like a girl that I've never shot with, that first time chemistry. And I don't want it to be like a really hard scene. Like there's some companies that shoot harder scenes that's very technical and you got to have this position for this exact amount of time. You got to do this and that. There's no like real freedom. Like one of my favorite companies to shoot for would probably be Naughty America and New Sensations. Because mm -hmm. they just, they're like, Chad, you know what we want, just do it. And so they just give me the free range. Like, I've shot with the photographers so much, they just, I know them. Like, they, like, we're all friends. So I just show up, girls shows up, and we shoot an amazing scene and go home. And those are the ones that I enjoy the most. Those are the ones that I want the brand new girls for. The girls that I've, sh I've shot already and I know are good, those are the ones I wish I had for the technical things. Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on set. What turns you on the most and what turns you off the most on set? Uh, we'll go with the turn on because that's probably the easiest. The turn ons are probably, um, I like a girl being very feminine. I don't want her to be like super manly and come up and like just be very vulgar, like fucking spit, right? Like, I don't get aroused by that initially. Once I'm doing the scene, then that's fine. But in the beginning, I want the kissy, touchy, feely. And then once we start going, then I my mood will change. That makes sense. My turn off. My turn offs are a little bit more different. My turn offs are hygiene. Like a hy hygiene is a huge one. If a girl has bad hygiene, I just sometimes I don't understand. Like I wish I could. It's hard to explain it because a lot of new girls they don't really know how to take care of their themselves and their you know their vagina and to how to properly douche and how to take care of it and pH balance it because they're going to be working often and as a result they're going to have to douche almost every day before and after a scene depending on how hygienic they want to be like a normal juice is like almost like a very acidic vinegar type solution what you should do is you dump it out and fill it up with warm water and you know you rinse with that. So that way it's almost like a neutral, just basic pH balance, squeeze it in there, no problems. Because what I've learned is if a girl's giving me head because my dick is a little bit um, wider, it's going to scrape her teeth. And if I stick it in her and she had the vinegar douche, it's going to nick, it's going to, the vinegar is going to get in those little cuts that her teeth just grind it on my dick mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt really badly. Some girls I put it in and I, it like turned like fire and I'm like, what the and it took me a while to figure it out. 
So I'd say number one is the hygiene. Number two is just talking about like other dudes and like how gross, like just gross stuff. Like some girls like, yeah, I was just fisting my ass yesterday and like I accidentally shit on myself and you know, stuff that you you kinda should keep to yourself. That you're like, hmm, it's not really it's not a not a cool thing to say. <laughs> it's a great story for, you know, over a beer, but not before I have sex. <laughs> That's too funny. Now if you want to talk about the technical stuff, some turn offs are if I'm teaching it, like, some new girls can get it right away. Some girls don't. And I love teaching them. I'm like, okay, position your body here, position your body there. The ones I don't like are the ones that say that they know what they're doing. And it's their first thing. Like, oh, I know how to suck a dick. And 10 out of 10 times that the girl has said that, it's been a terrible blowjob. Because it's just all teeth. They, they don't know how to relax their mouth. They don't know how to look up. Like, you're supposed to give eye contact out of the camera to me. So they'll close their eyes and be like, oh, God, great, pull it out. Wow, such big dick. Like, you know, very monotone. And I'm like, I thought you were talking all this game and you got nothing. I'm like, come on, girl, step up your game. And then some girls are very shy, sweet, cute girls that you're like, oh, man, she's not going to know how to do much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like a lot of guys I, I see on set will freak out when they see a new girl. And like, oh, shit, this is going to be fun. But then it ends up turning out to be one of their favorite teams just because the girl's, you know, like a little free kitten inside of her that you just need to get a dick in front of her and then she's like, oh, just light switch turns on they just go at it. <laughs> that makes sense, man. So let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Oral, badge, or anal? Badge. 100% badge. Simple and straight to the point. Oral is very rare to get like a good good blowjob because I'm a little bit more girthy. So the girls aren't very... Like they're, just their bone structure won't allow it and bones don't move. So. And the girls putting it in their mouth like depending on how her teeth are formed and her, like how wide her jaw is or how skinny her jaw is it will affect the blowjob differently. Whether they also use their hands, or they keep it spitty, or they just suck on the tip, or if they can actually go in and out, and, you know, like some some more skill level to it, where like they they'll, they'll twist, they'll spit on their hands, give like a good twist, so they actually twist off, and it's almost like they're jerking me off, but they're using their mouth when they go in, and then jerk all the way off to where like the tip is like right in the center of their hand, and then they go back in. In a scene. What's your favorite sexual position, and does that differ from your favorite position off-camera? It's actually changed throughout the years. It used to be doggy, then it became spoon, then it became mish. For now, mish is just so much easier because I've learned exactly how to position my body the best, to open it up to camera the best, in order to get close to bop. Whereas I used to do doggy and like try and get it that way, and now that I'm a little bit more skilled, just like simple sex doesn't really get me off because I gotta go really fast and or get a good angle so that way I can get a, a lot of friction or to bring myself to, you know, climax. But what I've noticed is doggy, I'll end up closing up and I didn't like that, so I tried spoon. And that was fine until I started learning that like certain times I'm not able to get the right footing or angle 
or like let's say I'm on a slippery couch or I'm on the floor, it's a little bit harder. Whereas side mesh and or mesh is so much easier because the pussy is now elevated. I'm able to get both my legs flat on the ground and I can lean back and go and get like as fast as a rhythm as I want to go. And of course, we all know how a scene ends with the pop shot. In a scene, where's your favorite place to shoot your load? Mm. It used to be the face. Um, as much as I would like to do cream pies, a lot of girls don't want to. I'd probably say up her stomach to her face. Because if I go straight to her face, half of the time, because I have a bigger load, it's going to get in her eye and they freak out. And I've actually been put on girls' no list to where they won't work with me in the future because they think that I'm purposely shooting it in their eye. When in actuality, <laughs> I'm shooting it all in their forehead and their cheek and everything. And after about 30 seconds, it turns almost like, like a liquid and it's dripping down their face. And then it gets in their eye and they're like, ah, oh, you did that on purpose. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. Like, if I only had, like, a little dribble, that would be one thing. But if I'm blasting your face, like, six huge ropes, it's almost like a tablespoon being thrown at your face each time, chances are I'm probably going to get it in your eye. And a lot of girls lean their head back. And that's, if I'm going to shoot on their face, leaning their head back is the worst thing you can do because then you just leave a stringer that goes all the way across their face, starting from their chin all the way to their forehead. And the glob, like, the main load depending on which one it is, like the first shot or the third or fourth shot, it'll either be like a really strong intensity that shoots out like a good four feet, or it's only going to shoot out like three or four inches and then land where it lands. How would you describe your fuck style? For someone that's tuning in right now that's getting to know Chad White, how would you describe your style of fucking? I'd say more intense. If I were to have to use one word, it would probably be intense. Not because of the rhythm and or speed, but because I have to stare at the girl's face and I make her stare at me. And like we lock eyes and I have to make her just hold still and just take it. I think that sums you up to a T-man. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with thus far? Oof. Quite a long list. <laughs> Um, I would have to say, do you want me to just, how many do you want? Give me a number. It's up to you. Just a handful. Uh, Nicole Anderson, Julian Jansen, Alexis Texas, Aubrey Starr, Janet J. Ross, um, Randy James, I think of a couple good ones that has I'm going I'm like running through all the scenes in my mind another couple of really good memorable ones the Dahlia Sky Carter Cruz I'll go with those for now who haven't you worked with yet that's on your must do list well a long list. <laughs> Rachel Starr, Jada Stevens, Nikki Benz, Electra Blue. Play those for now. 
You've been in the game for three years. It's still relatively new, in my opinion. You know, I think the first two to three years are still kind of like a newcomer, and then once you get into year four, five, and six, you're kind of established, and then once you pass the seventh year is when you get into veteran status. So since you're still kind of in that early stage of your career, I'm kind of curious to ask, are there any performers that are in the business or even people behind the camera that you look up to whose career trajectory you uh, respect and uh, you know that inspires you to uh, perfect your own craft? Hmm. Very unique question. I would have to say Manuel Ferrara because of his, he's got a very stern personality, very approachable. Always extremely positive. Um, he is extremely high rate because he does extremely great performances. He's always got great chemistry with every girl. He's just an awesome guy all around. Um, I would have to say then Jane Dean, success level, very popular. Big um, Nick Blue, he's been in for a long time, does great work. One of my friends, A Mountain, he's been in, in for a long time, does great stuff, he's funny, great individual. He's one of the, I, I'd say he's probably one of like the only guy friends that I have in the business that I can call up and go and hang out at any time. Like that I would feel like I would have that personability to go call him up and hang out with him. Um, behind the camera, I would say Jacob Dima. Um, he's done mofos, spades, Razors, Digital Playground, um, Huggy, he's been with a ton of companies. He's one of my director friends. Um, Bo and Jackie St. James are also my friends. Like, Bo has such a unique shooting style that I, I would love to pay him just to teach me how he shoots, how he keeps, like, what, what kind of camera he's shooting on, how he's shooting it. Like, I'll ask him, like, what's your ISO at? Like, what, what is your ISO setting at? Like, what, what brightness level you got? Like, just a trying, you know, hone in on it, and they still hide it pretty well. They're like, I'm not telling you. Like, your job is to fuck, not behind the camera. So do your job. I'm doing mine. Do you watch your own scenes? I do. Um, I'm actually very particular about watching my scenes because I want to do the best performance that I can. I can actually, you know, give. And doing so, I have to kind of critique myself and see what I can improve on. Like if there was one position that was really bad or one position that was really good that I feel like I need to repeat, I'll always try and go back and be like, oh, no, that was really good right there. That was really good right there. And I always try and repeat it. Do you have any aspirations to work behind the camera? I'm curious because you mentioned, you know, asking directors, you know, what they use, and I mean, obviously you're watching your own scenes. Do you see yourself eventually having your own official website and or DVD series that you're directing? I'm actually in my way to building my own website. Now getting it up and running is still a whole other story, but I am still trying to get it up and running. Um, I've actually worked behind the camera a few times for different companies, but uh, mainly the one that I shoot for, which is like my own content stuff and everything. I do want to get behind the camera more. I feel like that's something that I still need to learn in order to get better. 
the both sides, behind the camera and front of camera, also requires me to be behind the camera. To understand the full dynamic of exactly everything that's around me and how it's being affected. Mm-hmm. Better my craft, as you would say. Absolutely. <clears throat> Let's talk about some of your experiences on set. What has been one of the funniest things that's ever happened to you on set? <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was a girl on set. <laughs> I made a joke. Um, it was like a, it was an orgy scene. It was like five guys and three girls girl's like trying to walk through because she said I'm only working with one guy and this was like the beginning of my career this was like three years ago the scene has never been released I've been looking for it but <laughs> I told her I was, I was like watch where you step because you might fall and get a mouthful and sure enough she trips and goes ah and like puts her like she falls on another <laughs> guy's dick and he goes straight in her mouth <laughs> like, we all had to stop and laugh it was hilarious Wow, now that's funny right there. See, why the hell isn't that released? Now that's some good shit right there. Right? Has anything embarrassing ever happened to you on set? Mm, Tough to say because anything that would be considered embarrassing, I turned into a positive. Like, I remember one time I'm like, I'm right in the middle of sex. And I had to fart. I was like, oh, I can't hold this anymore. And I'm like, and they wouldn't let me cut. They were like, absolutely no cut. They were like, if you cut, I'm staying at home for the day. And like, they were being serious. So I was like, fine, I'm going at the girl and I'm still like balls deep in her. And I just like bend over and just like rip ass. Sure enough, she's like laughing because she felt my dick vibrate inside of her from the fart. (laughs) Chad White invented a new uh, sex move. (laughs) Fart (laughs) ivory. Exactly. Well, that's quite the story, man. I don't know how to segue away from that. So, okay, so we said the funny, the embarrassing. What about crazy? What's the craziest thing that you've had to do in a scene? What's something that uh, after that shoot you were like, wow, I can't believe I did that? Oh man! There you go. Uh, <clears throat> more like impressed, or like I can't believe I did that isn't like a bad thing. Either or. I mean, if you have a story for both, then both. So for Penthouse, I'm shooting a scene with Adriana Chechik, and it's like a teaching thing. So it's um, it's like you know those like the. the how do you say, like a 50 shades of gray, like explanation type thing where we were like a demo reel or teaching people mm-hmm. what kind of positions, how to be safe. And so with that, we had to do anal and we did about four and a half hours of anal. Straight. Not because wow. it, was, it was, it was hard or anything. But we were in a bathtub that was lukewarm. We're sweating in the beginning. By the time it ended, the, the water was like freezing cold. But there was a speck on the lens, and we had to reset the entire shoot and shoot it again from the beginning because there was a speck on the lens. And so when we changed angles, the director was like, "Hold on, He's like move your camera again." She's like, "God damn it, these fucking things on the lens!" So we had to reshoot everything. 
Wow. Good grief, man. That's crazy. <clears throat> that mustn't have been fun. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> I had to wear a condom the entire time. Oh. Four hours of eating all the condom. But I will give Adrian Chechik one thing that I have never felt an asshole like hers. It was like better than almost any pussy I've ever fucked. Well, there I you was go. blown away. She has like a, a unicorn butthole. <laughs> <laughs> so at least it was a pleasurable experience. Amazing. Now it's time for the big question. The question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters are dying to know. Exactly how much is Chad White packing? That's a very interesting question. Um, I would say I think I'm about almost nine inches, but I'm about like eight and a half around. It's like very girthy. That's large. I actually am trying to get like my own little deal going on so I can find somebody that wants to do it. Ah, so uh, a Chad White dildo? I to make my own. Yes. I'm, I want to get my own Chad White dildo. You can do it, man. Just make sure you get a good deal so where you're actually making money off of it. I actually have um, one company that I've been... I just messaged last night. Hopefully, 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 I will actually get the honor of getting my own dildo. Very awesome, man. Congrats. Or congrats, uh, hopefully, in, in the future. Thank you. You're welcome. When did you first realize that you were packing something special? I still don't. <laughs> Considering some of the guys that are on set, they're huge, man. I feel like I'm always going to have to compete with the big, big guys. Because some of them are just outrageous. Like, uh, Danny D. He's got a humongous dick. Uh, Bruce Venture. Um, this is another really big dick guy. I hear Manuel Ferrara is super young. Earlier in the interview, we talked about the pop shot. So, I'm curious to ask, do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop in your scenes? Are you the type of person that eats certain things, that abstains from doing stuff before a shoot, or are you just a, a natural popper? I mean, because, I mean, it's evident in your scene, as you said, you're a shooter. So, is that just natural? Is that all Chad White? That is all Chad White. I just eat pizza and beer and work out. I mean, there's nothing really that I don't... I don't really think I do anything special. I mean, I tried eating a celery because I heard that Peter North has like a bigger pop shot because he eats like a head of celery every scene. I tried doing that for like a month and a half as like a little trial experiment. Didn't change anything. So I think it's just all genetics. I've always been a big popper since I was a little kid. Like my girlfriend hated it because I would ask her for a facial and I would shoot like 20 shots on her face. Mind you, when I'm younger, <laughs> I get more aroused and I'm not doing it as a job where I'm doing it like one to two things a day every single day and this is like my third year into it. So when I was younger, I, I almost twice the three times the amount of pop that I do now. Well, there you go. So let's veer away from, uh, you know, some of the fun questions, and I want to delve into serious 
territory and talk about some of the big issues uh, in the industry. And uh, since we started off the interview talking about your life before porn, uh, I want to talk about family. Does your family know about your career in the adult industry? And if so, how do they feel about it? I've always been the black sheep. I don't think they've really liked me my entire life. So they know about it. And I don't really think they care. They uh, they were like, you probably shouldn't do this. You're smarter than this. Do something else, you know. They're like, you find you start up all your companies that you have when you're younger. And I'm like, I'm not in high school anymore, so I don't got a bunch of high school friends that I can help start my companies with. I'm like, on my own. So they know about it, but the fact that I'm making more money here than all of them combined, they also don't like that either. I think they're just jealous. The issue of condoms has been not only all over the adult industry press, but as well as the mainstream press as well, especially because of Measure B, also known as the County of Los Angeles Safer Sex in the Adult Film Industry Act that's been in effect and there was also that assembly bill that didn't really go anywhere and um, there have just been all these uh, legislative attempts to uh, really enforce the usage of condoms in the business so I'd like to pick your brain about that issue and ask what's your take on whether condoms should or should not be used in adult productions I think that we should not use condoms. Number one, because they don't even know what it's like to be in the business. So they don't know what it's like to have sex every single day for about an hour to two hours every single day. Sometimes I've had sex for about four to eight hours. Good grief. I just... You lose a lot of sensitivity. A lot of people don't quite understand what goes on behind the scenes. They just see their good 30-minute to 40-minute clip, and that's all they see. They don't even know that about 15 to 20 minutes gets edited out. They don't see a lot of the stuff that I see, a lot of stuff that I have to deal with. I, for one, don't believe really much in condoms anymore. I mean, I did it for years with my girlfriend, and it just, it tore her pussy up. I got a really girthy dick, and... When you have a larger, you know, it gets a little bit harder for the girl to take it. Because now you're, you're bringing different elements into it that normally you wouldn't encounter in a normal situation. So with her and I, I had the problem of her getting sore rather quickly. And to defeat that, we got her on birth control and we tried it without condoms. And then it became the most amazing thing ever. Now, let's go ahead to the flip side. To all the people that are at the bar having unsafe sex all the time, that's a problem because they don't, they're not tested like us. We get tested every two weeks, every 14 days. And it's not every 14 days, it's every 12 to 14 days because we can't have tests that overlap because your test is overlapping, you can't work. You have to have a fresh test in order to work. If it's older than 14 days, you don't work because we're not risking anything between each other like so I, I I don't really think that a lot of people should be worried too much about it 
because it's not really a problem. As long as you don't make it a problem. You just mentioned the testing in the industry. You guys are tested every 14 days, every two weeks. Regardless of the amount of testing in the business, prior to a shoot or during a shoot, do you ever feel worried about catching a STI or worse on set? So, with that being said and that question, I will bring up a different situation. I have actually, um, I've never caught anything, thank goodness, but I have actually seen many other people do. Now, these are people that are also practicing unsafe sex off camera, and that's the problem. If you're going to have a partner, you need to get them tested as well. Because if you're tested every 14 days, chances are you're not going to catch anything. The only way you're going to catch anything is someone else outside of the business bringing it in. Because if you take out everything else, you can't have an outside source affect the pool, the, the, you know, the talent pool, if everybody's tested. Because once everybody's tested, you know everybody's clean. So it must come from an outside source. Mm-hmm. Which also, it, it, kind of, it doesn't really scare me because I make sure that I take a shower after everything. And I know girls that I've shot with that called me the very next day, um, which is a very courteous thing to do, and said, I popped dirty in my dust. And so I will go ahead and go and get myself tested again three days afterwards. I'll cancel my scenes and I'll get myself tested either the next day or the following day. So that way it's a 48 hour period. So that way the bacteria can actually multiply and I can actually get a real, um, you know, good, accurate test. It's, it's rather interesting to think about it. Yeah, you think man. about the industry. We're all in this together. So anybody that's like, let's say girls that are escorting and or guys that are banging girls from Tinder or Craigslist or anything that's out of the norm. Let's say they find a girl at the bar and they go home with her. Well, now you have a random person that isn't tested that's outside of the business that came in and they had an STD, STI, anything, and they have now infected you. And then you go back to work and now you're putting everyone else at risk because of your childish, immature behavior. Because this is your job, and you should treat it like a job. This is not fun time. This is not play time. Though it can be, as long as you follow the rules. You follow the rules, you can make sure everything's safe, then you can have fun. But the only way that there's any problems and or, like let's say the media is saying that, you know, you can catch HIV by having sex with all these random partners, I'm like, well, technically no. Because if I test everybody, and I find out who has HIV and who doesn't, and we get rid of everybody that doesn't have HIV, how am I going to get infected with from HIV if I already know that it's not there? Very the true. only way you get it is from someone outside of the business. And so when everybody's saying that porn is a bad thing, say, how so? I'm providing a service, which is not, you know, they're not physically touching me and they're not paying me for sex. They're paying to view me, which is my consent to have sex with other people. And I'm not getting paid to escort I'm getting paid to have sex with my friends, and they're paying me to keep the footage. They're saying, hey, do you want to have sex with her? I'll pay you to keep this footage. That's essentially how you have to think about it. We've got a lot of media likes to slander and or dis- discombobulate the normal public's view on how they should be viewing something. You know, just twisting words and trying to say anything. 
Yeah. Essentially, I'm having sex with my friend, and they're paying me for the footage. They're saying that they're getting this girl's getting paid to have sex with strangers. Well, if it's only like 20 guys, and she's had sex with them for the past, I don't know, five to ten years, all the same guys. Who is really? It's like a, the relationship with all the guys. When you, when a girl steps into the business, she's essentially signing up. Hey, these are all going to be my temporary fuck buddies and or boyfriend while I'm in the business. And you treat him like that. Chad White is bringing it with the answers tonight. I'm loving your answers, man. Thank you. I, it's like something heated. I don't want to... I'm trying to catch myself on any word that I might slip up and say anything negative. Because I never want to be... I try to never be negative about a person. I never want to put a single person down. Because I, I, I feel like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And like when you ask me a question like that, I can tell you female talent that... Like, let's say you were saying, what is the turnoff? When a girl tells me that she escorted the night before. Yeah. Huge turnoff. I say, thank you, but I'm not doing the scene today with you, and I will pay my kill fee, and I'm going home because I'm not getting put at risk because of you. I'm sorry. Don't tell me that kind of stuff if you want to work with me. Because if you tell me, I'm going to cost us both money, and I'm going to walk away. Because my health is more important than what your wallet looks like. Because I know that you're earning more on camera and you're getting a lot of fans that buy you gifts and you have fans that you know send you stuff and fans that take care of you and you get you know it's like fortune and fame comes hand in hand yeah but the problem is now you're escorting so now you're throwing in a risk and I'm not doing that that's very honorable man I wish Many more performers were just like you, but uh, I'd venture to say that there are a lot more performers that would still do the scene. There's still a lot of performers that would probably still do the scene. But it's not to say bad on them or anything. You know, it's their own personal decision, and they're like, well, I'm, I'll take the risk. But it's very rarely that the girl ever says that. I mean, very rarely. I mean, I've, I've come across it a few times. Where I'm just like, really, you're really going to say this right now, right before we start shooting. It just it shows such a, a disrespect and a dishonesty. I mean, not the dishonesty that they're telling me, but the dishonesty of what they're doing. That it, it's just they don't care about the people around them. I'm like, great, if you're going to go escort, go be an escort. If you're going to be in porn, you know, be in porn treat this like how it should be treated as if, you know, this is your family. This is, you're stepping into a brotherhood almost, like when Cole said. It's like a brotherhood. It's all of us are in this together. And if you mess that up, you're messing it up for everyone. Absolutely. Since we're on the topic of condoms and STIs, I'm kind of curious to ask you about moratoriums. You've been in the game for three years, as you said, and there have been a couple of moratoriums, and uh, as well as just you know production being halted when uh, there has been a um, test 
that has come up positive for HIV, whether it was a an actual positive or a false positive, there's always a cease in production. For those that are tuning in that don't know what that means, it's a moratorium. Basically, there's a performer that tests positive for HIV, let's call them Performer X, and then when the moratorium happens, production is halted completely, and then the performers are retested. There's like the first generation of performers, which would be performers that specifically did a scene with Performer X, and then there's second generation performers, which are performers that did scenes with performers that did a scene with Performer X, and so on and so forth. So I'm kind of curious to ask, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners might be curious to know, what exactly goes on for you when there's a moratorium? Because there's a complete cease in production. How does a moratorium affect you? A moratorium affects me in the exact same way day off affects me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work on my social media. I'm going to <clears throat> work on my website. I'm going to edit videos and pictures that I haven't gotten to do. For me, it's just a pause allowing me to catch up. Just like when I have a day off, even though I hate it, it's necessary. And it just it, it's fine to me. Well, there you go. A lot, of, a lot of people are like, oh, I need money and this and that. I'm like, well, stop spending your money on crap. <laughs> That's very true. You've been featured in a bunch of uh, productions that are of this new niche that uh, has really taken hold of the industry and has become one of the more popular niches that's in the business right now, which is kind of like the sort of stepbrother, stepsister, stepmother, stepfather genre. Personally, I like to call them incest light because that's really what it is. I mean, it's it's sort of, you know, towing the line of being uh, incestual in nature, although obviously none of the performers are actually related to one another and uh it is sort of like the stepbrother stepsister stepfather stepmother type of thing so i'm kind of curious to ask you what was it like in particular the first time that you shot a scene like that was it at all kind of weird uncomfortable odd and uh what has it been like for you since then and seeing this genre this niche you know become a popular genre in the business That's actually very interesting to me. And I know what company you're talking about. Well, I mean, yes, there is a particular company that you've been doing a lot of scenes like that for, but there are other companies that have picked up on it, so it's not just them anymore. I mean, you know, once something gets proven to be something that's popular, you know, the other companies start picking it up. So I'm not picking on a particular company with this question. Just talking about the genre as a whole. Um, I wouldn't say that you're picking on the company because what they shoot isn't really like what you're saying is incest light. And I see it as incest light as well. I don't really see it as a, you know, oh my God, this is such an unbelievable thing because it's stuff that actually happens. Now, real incest is a whole different story, which I think to my knowledge is actually illegal to portray something as an actual incest, even though it is not. I'm pretty sure and aware that you're not allowed to even say that. <clears throat> Otherwise, people would probably shoot it because it would probably sell. And if you think about it, some people, including me, if somebody's like, 
the brother and sister fucked and, and made a video, I'd be like, show me. Are they hot or not? <laughs> like, it was a hot brother and sister. You know what I mean? <clears throat> like, what's that movie? Yeah. Not another teen movie. You know, what that, you know what movie I'm talking about? Yeah. Where the sister wants to bang the brother. So something like that, where it's like an attractive brother and sister, people would probably pay it. Like, I also have different views on adult business than what a lot of other people do. I think also porn is kind of like the place where you go to see people that you normally would never get to see have sex. Like almost like, you know, like the very pretty girls. And you think of like, Emma Jameson. It's like, oh my God, this, like this gorgeous girl actually did something like this. Oh my God. But they're the ones that make shit. Well, incest likes me. I don't really see it as like a bad thing at all. I kind of enjoy doing it because it's fun to role play like that. And it, it allows people to vent out their fantasies via living vicariously through us as the performers. And the girls I work with are super hot. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> and they're Some all the your stepsisters. With, yeah, they're all my stepsisters. <laughs> <laughs> it's my cousin, it's my stepsister, it's my stepmom. Mm -hmm. And it's New Sensations that's the one that's really capitalized on it. And I love the idea because it, it's such a unique look and feel and in order to try and get like a good actual like good scene out of something like that where some people might freak out and think, oh no, 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 this is such a bad thing, oh no, no, no. Whereas for them, it's no problem. It's like, oh, another day at the office. With some companies, I know that some companies allow choking, hair pulling, spitting. Majority of the companies don't because they don't want that hardcore because it's almost like a, they portray it as abuse to women. But nine times out of ten, the girl on set is, she wishes that I would choke her and she wishes I would pull her hair and spank her and throw around like the aggression but women don't want to see that they want to feel it there's a difference mm -hmm. are there any misconceptions or myths about porn stars that you would like to dispel <clears throat> so some myth mm -hmm. uh, myth number one I thought all the girls were these like super hot unattainable girls but now, the the thing is, with people nowadays is they want to see the young, tiny girl next door. They want to see the little four foot eleven, eighty pound girl get railed by a big guy like me. And I thought it was just all pretty girls all the time. I was like, oh, they're all going to be super tall, super models. They're earning like over two hundred and fifty thousand a year. You know, starting out their first year, this and that, and come to find out it's all different types I thought every girl was working out half of the girls just sit at home and don't do anything because they're like they're sick man <laughs> like I see some of it like the girl I worked with today I think she was five foot two maybe five pounds tops another myth um, you were saying I'll go off on the ones you were saying the whore part I don't really see any of these girls being horse. They don't really need to. I mean, it's still, there's still some girls that escort, but I mean, if they're escorting, they're earning a shit ton of money. The other whores that are fucking dudes off camera and all this other stuff, that doesn't even really happen because they're working too much. 
So you'll see these girls that everybody's like, oh, she's just a fucking whore. And I'm like, actually, that girl works 30 days out of the month, and I know what she does at home because I've been over to her house, and she doesn't do shit at home. She's a homebody that doesn't have any makeup on, doesn't look anything like she does on camera. She wears these thick bottle glasses, and you can't even tell it's her. She's walking through the airport, and she's this huge, big adult star, and everybody that's around her is just you know, completely oblivious. But if I were to say her name, people would go ballistic. I don't know, people think that we're these crazy, sexual, like, STD-filled, crazy people. We're just normal people that got into a business. And most of the guys are in the business. I mean, so, like, once you get in the business, you kind of develop a bit more of, like, an ego. You're like, well, I can do something that I know a lot of people other can't. So people play that up a bit. Um, the girls, everybody thinks that they're these big, fake-titted, plastic surgery all over their face like it's maybe once a month I work with a girl that's got plastic surgery and it's like the same girl <laughs> each time and you wouldn't even know that the girl got plastic surgery because let's say she got in a car accident and that's why she has plastic surgery but everybody's still going to point the finger at her and be like you're pretty because you have plastic surgery actually no she got in a car accident and broke her cheekbone and had to have you know a little thing implanted to even up her cheekbones because they were displaced. But if you want to call that plastic surgery, you go right ahead. And they also think that we're these millionaires and everything. You know, we make a really good salary if we work a lot. That we drive all these fancy cars and we do all this. That's the girls that have no money. They're the ones that spend all their money. They spend like 200000 a year. Oh, I'm buying this car. We're going to go party. We're going to go down to South America. We're going to go Japan just for a vacation. Those are the ones that don't have money. The ones that do have money are the ones that sit their ass at home and don't do anything with their money. They just let it sit in the bank because they're going to school. And then they're going to spend, you know, a good $400,000, $500,000 on school so they can have a better education than what they could have before because their parents are poor. And they were the pretty girl that, you know, just had the short end of the stick and couldn't get anywhere. Or it's just the average girl that's just like, I really want to become a veterinarian, or, you know, vet tech or something. I want to be a pharmacist. And so they're going to school and like the girls, when they're in class, you don't even know it. Like one of the colleges I went to and SDSU, one of those girls ended up being an adult star for like a week. And sure enough, she was in one of my classes when I was down there just for a short period. And she's like, oh, you're so-and-so. And I'm like, oh my God, you're so-and-so. She's like, you're in porn? I'm like, yeah, I've been doing porn for a while. And she's like, wow, that's crazy. I'll be porn. And I'm like, duh, for your own porn stuff. You like? Let's talk about romance in the industry. Do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while working in porn? This is a difficult question to answer for other people, but for me, I would say I don't think it would. I mean, I dated my girl, and she cheated on me multiple times, and I kept accepting her back because I'm stupid and I care more about the people I'm with because I keep such a small circle around me. So let's also go to the other end of the spectrum where 
let's say I am in the industry, and let's say now I'm dating a girl that's also in the industry. She's going to be having sex with a lot of other guys. Mind you, this is not just like any other guys. These are big dick guys that know how to fuck. So I got to be pretty secure with my own self in order to be okay with everything else. I don't really see it as a problem and or I don't really see the, you know, the negativity other than if someone is jealous and they're dishonest. If you're jealous and you're dishonest, don't be in a relationship. If you're not jealous and you guys can be honest, and be in a relationship because what you're doing is you're now creating a partner that you can split you know money costs with you can you're gonna have that time off at home that you can't get on set you know what I mean you can't get that love and affection attention and call someone back hey baby how are you doing whereas on porn that you can't do that you really can't because if you're doing that the girl's already probably has her own relationship that's why I never call the girl I never text them I never call them and then on my Twitter you'll never see me be like, hey, come hang out, or, oh, I'm really horny right now, is there any girls here? Like, I don't, I don't even fuck off camera. I don't even bother. I'd rather save it for on camera and do the best job I can. Let's move away from the serious questions, and let's talk more about Chad White in general. How often do you work out, and do you consistently have to watch what you eat, in particular when you know that you have a shoot coming up? Right now I'm pudgy because I went out last night and had a beer and a <laughs> shit ton of carbs. <laughs> but I did go to the gym last night and I did take a video of this guy like trying to outlift me at the gym. He took my, I'm sitting at the bench and I get up to go take my weights from the rack and go walk over to the bench and he takes my backpack and fucking hawks it down, you know, the hallway and I'm like, like, what is your problem? So I go to the next bench behind him. And I end up setting up my camera and I go and start listening next to him. He's all listening all crazy. But that's sidetracked. Talking about how often I work out. If I can work out every day, I'll be happy because I feel I need to look my best. I always feel I should, I should be at the top of my game. But the thing is, with the industry, it's very hard because I'm driving all the time. And eating before a scene is like a big no-no. Because... Let's say you go and have like a great big meal. Can you go have sex for two hours straight, hardcore sex for two hours after you had a big meal? Answer is probably no. For me, answer is no. I can't do it. If someone else can do it, more power to them. I just, I don't eat a whole bunch of food before my scene. So I'm trying to bulk up right now. So what I'm doing is I'm having a lot of liquid diet, like a extra protein. I'm tri doubling, tripling up my protein just to try and pack on more weight. Now I'm going to lose my abs a little bit, but I'm going to gain that extra mass that I want. And it's also hard to maintain a certain look in the industry. If you're going to be very fit, it's harder for a guy to actually be larger and more muscular. Because <clears throat> he's going to get, his legs are going to get fatigued quicker. He's got all that extra muscle. So when he's doing a scene, it's going to be a little, a little bit harder because we're working harder. Because we got all this extra muscle that's burning that much more energy. Whereas these little guys, they don't fatigue. They've never done squats a day in their life. And they're all banging away, standing up. And I'm like, you can do it all day because you don't have the muscle mass. Like, I have the strength and the muscle mass. In order for me to move around, I'm 205. I'm like, this other guy is 145 pounds. I'm like, you can do it all day. I was like, put a 50-pound backpack on and tell me you can do the same job. 
to shave or not to shave? That is the question, and yes, I'm talking about down there and manscaping in general. I am a gorilla. I grow hair all over my body. <laughs> the only place it stays is my face, my forearms, and my legs. Everywhere else, I manscape. I got a hairy-ass chest. I got a hairy ass. <laughs> I got hairy pubes that just grows everywhere. I'm just a big, German, hairy fucking machine. So I shave. I have. I have. I don't really shave. I trim. I have a trimmer. Like every, like every Friday or Saturday, I'll trim, trim my chest hair and trim my pubes. So Chad is part Yeti. Pretty much. There you <laughs> go. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest, and why? In my opinion. very insecure about my body um the reason i work out so much is because i am so insecure about my body because i was i was the kid that i picked on in high school i was the weirdo kid so i always had to like go to the gym and get bigger so guys would beat me up at the gym football guys would, as i'm like walking back to the locker room kicking me in the back of the leg and punching me in the back of my head so i've been lifting since high school to not get beat up and now as an adult I don't get beat up anymore, but still people are weird. And I really have never thought of my, any body part being sexy. Girls say that my arms are big and that it's sexy. For me, I don't really see my, any part being sexy. I feel like the whole body should be, it should be aesthetically pleasing to the eye. I should have even muscle tone everywhere. I should have, you know, like an even muscle mass throughout my body. I should be even and aesthetic. Let's go to the flip side of that question. In your opinion, what part of your body do you like the least and why? I would probably say my hands. They're like these big old construction worker hands because I've been... I, I work with my hands all the time. Obviously, I'm catching lizards. I'm the kind of guy that does weird shit. I'm not like the delicate kind that lotions up every night. It has really thin skin. I got thick skin, so like I don't really have good definition unless I really shred. I would probably say my hands, maybe my abs, maybe my calves. Because I feel those are the three things that I could probably work on. Or my delts. I've been working on my delts like crazy for the past year and a half. Just so that I could build them up so it's more aesthetically pleasing on camera. Because like, I'm looking at myself on camera when I first started, and I'm like, you're super pale because you broke your back. And now you're in the business, you need to put on muscle, put on 100 pounds. Last January, I was 225 pounds. Now I was big, but I didn't tan. So now I started tanning a little bit. So I get to tan like maybe once or twice a week if I get like a day off and I get to go home. Or I'll try and tan on the road. And on the complete flip side of the, this set of questions, what part of the female body is the sexiest and why? Ooh, that's a tough one. For me, it's certain things. If I can find all those things in one, that's amazing. Like, I would say Nicole Aniston. She has an amazing set of thighs. She has big, strong thighs. And I love fit, toned, strong women. Like, I, I 
Nicole's my neighbor. I see her every bloody day. I go home to her. She's right there at home. I'm squeezing her thighs every night or her glutes. Now, let's say on the flip side, some girls have great abs. Like I worked with Jillian Jansen just recently, and she's got great abs. But she's also got that very soft, amazing, natural, pretty, natural beauty to her. She's got this like great face, bone structure. And she's got this very soft, delicate skin. So also another thing which is like a, kind of like a unique thing about me is I like girls with skin. Like their skin is a huge turn on for me. It could have that very like elasticy, young, 18-year-old, pretty skin. Or it could be that 40-year-old that's been working out her whole life and she's got kind of that looser, soft skin. I like something to grab onto or I like that very soft. I like soft skin. Or, like, for me, if I'm going to date a girl, I have to fall in love with her eyes. If I like a girl's eyes, I'll probably be inclined to date her, despite the rest of her body and her face. If she has flawless eyes, that's what I'll go for. In your personal life, do you get into any kinds of fetishes? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> nobody wants to do them. <laughs> Aw, somebody needs to play with Chad White. Somebody needs to play with me. <laughs> my, okay, so if I were to describe some of my fetishes, I just came across one of this like uh, baby fetish where the girl wears a diaper. I would lose my mind if this if a really pretty like tiny girl wore a diaper and do a scene with me. That would be an insanely hot fetish. Or another fetish would be like, um, you know, like the whole lingerie, the, the thigh-high stockings, like the black lace stockings with a sexy garter belt and like sexy lingerie. But she's got to be like very gorgeous, very woman-like. When you think of her, she's got to be like the Nicole Aniston type, where it's lingerie and sexy and just, just oozes sexiness. Or you got to think of another fetish I like is... um. Like the romance. The girl has to be intense. Like we're locked forehead to forehead, smashing our foreheads together, staring at each other's eyes while we're fucking like Mish or something. Now, could you imagine stockings and the diaper? No, it, it kind of clashes. <laughs> Just trying to combine them for you. So like, okay, so like to describe a perfect scenario. If I want that oozy sexiness, that lingerie, that the kind of sexiness that I want all the time, that would be like the Nicole Anderson type. That when you think of beauty and sexiness, you think of like Nicole Anderson. When I were to think of like a girl that I want to wear like that diaper thing, I'd be like Jillian Jansen. She looks like she's 18, gorgeous baby face. I would want her sucking on a pacifier wrapped up in a diaper. <laughs> Mind you, this is like a fetish that I, I just came across like two days ago, and I found a company that in, that's in Europe that shoots it, and I was like, I want to shoot one. They're like, uh, we can't pay you, and I was like, I don't care. I didn't ask for money. I said, I want to shoot one. <laughs> like, we're going to set this up, and it's going to happen. I was like, if I have to bring a girl with me to Europe in order to do it, we're doing it. And I've already, <laughs> I've already got that <laughs> set up. That's too funny. Chad White, let's hop into the DeLorean and let's go back in time once more. 
how and when did you lose your virginity? I lost it in probably the most amazing way ever. Um, it was by one of my two best friends. So in middle school, because I was like the nerdy whatever kid, I ended up always having to be stuck in the back of the bus. Well, also the cool kids used to sit in the back of the bus when it was cool. And the two girls that sat in the back of the bus with me ended up going to high school. They were two years above me. They were in eighth grade when I was in sixth grade. And when I was 14, I lost to a threesome. Wow. They were like, you were the most amazing kid. They were always, because I had really long hair when I was a kid. They would always brush it and try and take care of me. They would give me lunch money. And like, what their parents would pack for them in the lunch, they would make their parents make a second lunch for me. And so they would pack me an extra lunch and they would give it to me and like they would treat me like I was their kid. Chad's getting spoiled and shit. <laughs> oh my god. And after that, I never saw them. Because our high school split up. They became seniors, I became sophomore, and then I got shipped off to the next school and never saw them again. They don't even have Aww. Facebook, my faces. I think that they got married. I don't even know what happened. They disappeared. Was this pre-goth Chad White or after you got this all was goffed up? Pre-goth. I developed my goth phase somewhere around like, probably say like June, like end of sophomore year, junior year. Oh, okay. After you were deflowered. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Chad White. Something unique. Um, trying to think. Difficult. Uh, I watch a lot of movies, and I'm alone, ninety-nine percent of the time. I. I'm always to myself. All my best friends, like every friend that I've ever had, I have been burned by all of them. And for me, it was a blessing in disguise because it allowed me to really get to know myself. Also, I read. I don't just read, I read a lot. I think I have somewhere around maybe like 1,500 or 2,000 books in my library. Wow. That's impressive. Mind you, I haven't read like at least six or seven hundred of them. But I mean, still, I've gotten through like fourteen hundred. <laughs> Not bad at all. I ended up going to like three years ago. I went back to Barnes and Noble and got this like <clears throat> book fetish and started finding all these crazy books. I used to read just like whatever books. And then I started getting more detail on what I was looking for. I love educational books. I don't like novels. I don't read novels at all, like ever. The books that I'm going to read are books about educational stuff. Some how to build a computer, how a computer works. Um, like just, you know, educational books. They'll tell me all about animals. It'll tell me about how to build a house, electronics, how to build a certain thing, how, you know, like it breaks it down. Like those like how to books. That's interesting. So, uh, we got, uh, Chad White, Jack of All Trades. I try to be. Something that I, I learned as a, a little kid. My, my dad says, you want to learn something? Or you want to know something? Go learn it. 
because nobody's going to teach you, nobody's going to help you. So if you want to do something, go do it yourself. Otherwise, somebody you're going to have to pay somebody else to do it. What I've learned is, as being an adult, everybody is trying to charge you, and everybody is trying to make a nickel and dime off you. They're trying to screw you over somehow, and they're trying to take your money to get themselves ahead. Like it's like when you're young, there's no competition, but the older you get, somebody advances in life, and then like the next person's like, oh. That person did that, and then they're trying to advance life. And soon, you have everyone trying to grab everybody and push each other down, like like a drowning person. Someone who's drowning is going to try and drag the other person down. Even though you're trying to help them, they're going to drag you down to get on top of you. Chad White is bringing it with the answers tonight. Philosophical and uh, theoretical. I'm loving it. Well, if you want to get theoretical or anything like that, you can ask me physics questions. Because that is my biggest hobby, is theoretical quantum mechanics. Because that was my first major in college. Very interesting. Chad White, describe yourself in 10 words or less. <laughs> 10 words or less. I hate it when people ask me questions like this because I, I never want to try and sound egotistical. So I give myself a level of humility everything. I'll say generous. I'll say intelligent. I'll say quirky. I'll say spiritual. I will say open-minded. I'll say intuitive. I will say curious. I'm a very curious individual. I want to know everything. I'm always digging in people's business I shouldn't be just because I want to know. I will say lascivious. Chad White is bringing the SAT words tonight. <clears throat> lascivious. Um, the easiest way to describe lascivious. Lascivious is like lust. Yeah. Chad White is lustful. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's lustfulness. It's lewd. It's sexual desire. It's like, lascivious is like a behavior, almost. It, it, I don't know how to describe it. So lascivious, if you were to look at probably like the definition I can't think of the definition off the top of my head. But it would be an analytical, moral lustfulness. Almost as if it's a sexual behavior and or desire. Lascivious. I will also say esoteric. I would believe that I'm very esoteric. Almost skewed in that nature. I don't think I've ever met anybody like me. And everybody's told me the exact same thing. Um, I'll say enlightened. Um, one more word and I'll just end it there. I'll say analytical. 
As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, pop culture oriented questions that are designed to allow the listeners and your fans tuning in right now to get to know some of your favorites. So the first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Invader Zim, Dragon Ball Z, South Park, Family Guy, and Verona Kenshin. All excellent choices, especially the last one. Next up, who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? In what genre? It's up to you, just in general. Five Finger Death Punch, Tool, um... Probably betray you. Avenge Sevenfold. What are three of your most favorite films? That's a difficult one. Oh, God. Limitless. These are such harder questions than the entire interview combined. I'd say my second one will be Akira. Or Ghost in the Shell. Last movie. Come on. I think of a... Um, I'm so into physics. So like I'm thinking of like Interstellar, The One. Um, that movie called Contact. Oh, I love Contact. That was a... It was one of my favorite movies of all time. But then it's just like, I, I watched it so many times that I'm like, ah, it can't be my favorite movie anymore. I know every word of that bloody movie and I don't like it anymore because I've outplayed it. <clears throat> I'll just say Contact. Limitless, Akira, and Contact. What are two foods you can't live without? Chips and salsa and burritos. Like a good polyasada burrito or a fish burrito? Like cabbage with the tartar sauce and like just, you know, beer battered fish. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? May sound silly, but cuddling. Aww. Beautiful girl, I could lay in bed all day. I don't gotta get up, I don't gotta go to the gym, I don't need to do shit. Lay in bed and just admire and worship her body. What's next for Chad White? What can the listeners and the fans anticipate from you in the coming weeks? Hopefully, my website. <laughs> um, I actually will be posting soon on all of my new social media accounts. I started up about 450 social media accounts, which took me fucking like six months to find them all and then to get rid of, I found about a thousand social media accounts and I got rid of about 600. And in doing so, I had, I want to eventually start my own social media. Now I want to have my own networking platform, but that requires a bit 
bit of money. Like you need to have some serious servers, you know, like like some serious SCSI boards in order to run that. You need a whole server rack, like a huge server rack. Not just one server rack, but like a multitude of them. You have some serious computing power. Um, probably me directing some of my own stuff. I have a couple of companies that I got some director deals for, and I'm trying to get some more. So sounds exciting, man. I want to be a producer and a director for be a producer for one, be a director for the other. Like I, I do some POV stuff. I'm venturing out. Just by the end of the year, all of my stuff will be coming out. Sounds awesome. Very cool, man. I can't wait. And certainly, we have to keep in touch because it sounds like Chad White is going to be a big damn deal. And uh, you got to remember the little guys. We'll always remember the little guys. Those are the ones that make me who I am. Because without fans and the little guys, I'm nothing. That's why on my Twitter, I will always reach out to anybody that reaches out to me. I don't care how minuscule they are or if they're only tweeted to me just to say hi for the first time i will reply to it if i see it and if i don't keep tweeting at me i will eventually find it and my twitter feed gets pretty full pretty quickly so you reach out and you favorite all of my crap i'm gonna find you i'm very analytical when it comes to my twitter Sounds like a plan, man. So hook the listeners up on uh, how your fans can reach you. Where can they find you on social networking, social media, all the goodies? You want me to pull up my Excel document and read out 450 social media accounts, or you just want me to get the major ones? Let's get the major ones. Twitter, Chad White Triple X. Facebook, Chad White. Instagram, official Chad White. And then pretty much everything else you can think of, Chad White Triple X. <clears throat> Sounds like a plan, man. So, uh, with that, this brings us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in right now? Find me on Twitter and say hi. Or find me on another social network and say hi. Reach out to me. If you want to find all of my other social media accounts, go ahead and try and message me and I'll email them to you and you can go ahead and try and add me on all of them because... For every person that can add me on all of them, I will give them a gift. Well, there you go. Very unique gift. Awesome, man. Well, you know, I certainly have to thank you so much for the interview, Chad. You were fantastic, and the door is open for more. Whenever you want to come back, we'd love to have you on so that you can update us and the listeners, your fans, and supporters on what you've been up to. Definitely. I hope we keep in touch. Absolutely. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. And with that, Chad White and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. See you later. Thanks for listening to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. 
and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Radio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>